Welcome to the Hockey Download. Tony Scott joined with Ben Wyand, a hockey advisor from Wasserman Hockey. We'll talk about a lot of different things in the hockey world, including North Dakota's trip down to Nashville, all the way to the Stanley Cup, etching out a person's name for his misgivings and everything in between. Hope you enjoy today's show. is a burning thing and it makes a fiery ring bound by wild desire i fell into a ring of fire well ben how are you doing today not too bad. Not too bad. It's uh, been a while. Glad to be back. I had to do the math on it. It's been 18 days. We're kind of somewhere between every week to two weeks. We're a little longer on two weeks here today. Uh, you backed out on me last week. That's cool. That's Busy cool. week. Trying to play some catch up. I know. So we're all trying to catch up. I'm trying to get ready between tournaments. So we had the uh, big pumpkin. Um, I think that was the same weekend you were down in, in Nashville probably, right? It was. Correct. And then, uh, so I I saw a lot of peewee hockey and then some girls hockey and you saw and some peewee bee hockey. There you go. I go all over the place, my friend. And you got to see uh, the IIT last weekend and the weekend before you were in Nashville. Let's start off with Nashville. I'm sure it looked like St. Patrick's Day down on Broadway with all the green jerseys and green hats and green everything. Uh, North Dakota fans traveled. Uh, a lot of fans in the building, as they always do. Um, Would you say it was basically a home game? <laughs> Was there any Penn State fans there? Do they ever play on the road? Oh, here we go. Gosh. Is no. this brought to you by Brad Barry? No, it uh yeah, there was there was a handful of Penn State people walking around, just uh seeing them down on Broadway, but uh, without a doubt there was a lot Would of you North say Dakota. 90%? Oh, more than that. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> I would say there was probably 17,000 North Dakota fans and probably a hundred Penn State fans. So when Penn State wins, it's just silent in there. Silent. No way. Silent. Yeah. That's so. terrible. I suppose they're they're a football school and they probably had a home game or whatever. Nobody cares about hockey unless it's like right there on campus. Yeah. They draw well on campus. The Roar Zone's gone. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a it's awesome facility and uh, great great student support there at Penn State. So very a cool program. A little bit of a Minnesota flair to the game. Clayton Phillips. Tucked in two goals. Ben Copeland got out of the eligibility quandary and yep. had two points too, right? Correct. Yeah, no, it was a good game. Um, Penn State came out early and, and had some good push, and then North Dakota kind of kept hanging around and getting it to getting it to a one goal game, but just couldn't quite uh, connect. And um, it just seemed like they were just fighting it a little bit. Um, yeah. And yeah, they ended up losing 6-4, but it was it was a good game. And uh, obviously those games, the Hall of Fame game and those destination games are obviously just a cool experience for the players and the fans and everybody involved. And cool. They wore special jerseys. Did Penn State wear their normals or did they have a special jersey too? I believe they wore their normal ones. They did, okay. So, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it was, it, was a, it was a great event. I mean, obviously Nashville is a national destination <laughs> right now. and It's unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I mean, that part was great for, for the fan base. And um, like I said, all the guys in North Dakota, the players obviously had a great experience as well. Besides consuming alcohol with beverages, which you've told me about off air, um, what interesting thing besides the hockey game did you do while you were in Nashville? Um, 
the live music. It's the best. Insane. It's the best. So there was a there was a rock band that was playing at Kid Rocks actually that was the best band I saw all week and um yeah, they were they were good. But yeah, like the live music is especially kind of like dinner hour is is always really really good down there and um that was that was the highlight of the trip for sure. I got to go as as you heard Johnny Cash. There's a Johnny Cash museum there. I mean, they have every one of his Number one hit, the record itself. They have portraits of his family, his house, and all of his. Just it was all the movies that he was in, all the different genres that he had, all where he number one hit it all over the every decade, all that stuff. It was super cool for me. It was like my kids were like, "Dad, you can stay as long as you want." <laughs> I was with my uh, son Jake and and daughter Olivia, and they just went around, walked around, and I sat there for like two hours yeah. and just soaked it all up. It was pretty cool. It's a cool town. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I think I soaked some up as well. Just uh, <laughs> second floor at Tootsie's, though. So. Yes, we went there as well. Yep. That was a good bar. That was a really good bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so any any takeaway f- uh, NCHC uh, Big Ten? I mean, that's a big win for the Big Ten because they have had some struggles. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... And they it, all leagues have kind of had some struggles. Yeah, it's crazy. The parody in college hockey right now is wild. Um, I mean, Northern Michigan sweat BU last week. Yes. Right? And But then uh, you go look at Northern Michigan's record. I was like, oh, I'm going to start building a case for those guys. They stunk until last weekend. Yeah, they've had a couple couple stinkers too. So it's it's crazy. I mean, um, I was talking with Travis Winter at the IIT last weekend, and I wasn't fully aware of this. Like, the CCHA is 5-0 and against Hockey East right now. Yeah. Right? So, I um, mean, yeah, obviously the CCHA is probably as good as it and competitive as it's been in a long time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the level of parity. And, um, I mean, Wisconsin went from basically getting put in running time for a couple games, and they found a way to split with Minnesota. And, and they, Michigan. And they caught one on Michigan, too. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's going to be a wild, wild year. And um, There's going to be some 500 teams. And the pairwise as we in get closer. To the, it'll be interesting to see how once the conference play really takes off, how that kind of changes things. Um yeah, the pairwise right now is is uh, it's pretty wild. All right, we're talking a little college hockey here. If you can't forget what happened in the last eighteen days, what St. Thomas just did, they had they ripped off four Minnesotans in a row. I think I got four Minnesotans in a row, and then just this past week they got another kid from from um, Steinbach. Steinbach, but he's actually from Ontario. Quentin Pepper. Uh, just committed there. Let's talk through the four guys. I've seen all these guys since they were younger. Uh, Colton Jamison's a kid. He's a Hudson, Wisconsin kid. He actually was on a squirt A team coached by Wisconsin's Mark um, Strobel. Strobel. And um, on that team, Isaac Howard was on the team. Literally, if you went through that squirt A team, and they weren't even that good. Yep. They were, um, what's his name? Um, they won state, so they were pretty good. Uh, as squirts, do they have a squirt? Oh, Wisconsin, eight? they do. Oh, yeah. do they? Oh, yeah, then for sure they won that. Yeah. But they came to the squirtacular and got just okay, just humbled. <laughs> I remember yeah. like we're really good, and then no, they weren't very really good. They had yeah. a they, they had a nice squad. Um, then you got Ryan O'Neill. He's an O one, correct? Um, he's in his last year juniors. He picked up a scholarship from the Tommies as well. He's had a good year for for the Norsemen. Yeah, he's taking a real taking a really good step. Um, and he's going home, right? St. Thomas Cadet. Uh, yeah, two-year North American League player. Um, had some growing pains last year. Obviously, St. Cloud didn't have the best of seasons, but he's off to a really quick start. And, yeah, I mean, he's definitely a Division One player. He um, always has been. I mean, he's yeah. got that 
that look. Yeah, he was a kid uh, when I was working in junior hockey who I uh, was always kind of tracking and keeping an eye on. So, yeah, him getting an opportunity is not not surprising at all. And then there's Jas- Josh Ernissi. Ernissi? Josh Ernissi. Ernissi. I cannot. <laughs> it's one of those names. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, um, big kid. Tri-City right now. Played at Eastview. Correct. Um, yeah, he's yeah he's playing junior there. A um, little bit more of a energy, uh, heavier forward um, is probably, he old one as well? Yeah, he's a twenty year old. He's okay. a really late birthday. I think he's like a late December birthday. Um, he's yeah, not gonna probably be a top six guy at St. Thomas. He may, you know, work up and down the lineup just to bring a different element to some different lines, but um, he's gonna be more of a net front guy, a little heavier, harder to play against. Um, but definitely brings uh, some different elements and some value to a team. All right. And then lastly, this is a great story. You got Lucas Wallen. Um, Lucas started off in the NA3. It's and crazy. he plugged away, yeah. got himself. He was with Kenai last year. Correct. And I saw two of their playoff games with the Michi- with, with the Magicians, and he was the best guy on the ice, both teams. I was like, wow, this guy's pretty good. And next thing you know, he ends up in the USHL, makes it, and then gets a scholarship offer. Pretty cool story. Yeah, absolutely. What would yeah. you think of him when you seen him play? Yeah, um, I saw him at the Fall Classic out in Pittsburgh. Um, Peter loved him out there. Yeah, I loved thought he, him. I thought he's, he's, he's a kid who just keeps finding a way to get a little better. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's gonna be a really good opportunity for him. Um, he's gonna need to probably sit, take some time at the college level. Like he's obviously been kind of taking it step by step, which is good to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're gonna have opportunity for him to come in and continue to develop, and he's gonna have minutes to you know maybe work through some growing pains, but. Um, without a doubt, it's a really cool story to see a kid um, who's had a had a hard road and stuck with it and found a way to, you know, get to the, get to the Division One level. And we know nothing about this Quentin Pepper other than what we looked on uh, elite prospects before the show. Cor- correct. It's just yeah. I mean, an Ontario kid playing the Manitoba League. Um, I mean, he's an O two. Bigger kid, he's pointing well in the, in yeah. the Manitoba League. So like twenty six points in eighteen yeah. games. So he's off like to a that. good start, and I mean at the same time with St. Thomas, um, they obviously had a nice influx of commits there, um, kind of in that week well, period. Had, and then like right after our show, they had gotten Ethan Elias. We brought, I think we talked about Elias, and then Correct. he committed. Correct. It was almost like we knew. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean at the same time, I mean they're going to be turning their roster over, right? Their team built on transfers and. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a different mix compared to a lot of traditional um, teams right now, just with the flow of players coming to their program. So, um, and they're going to have a ton of transfer portal kids too. They're going to live off of that thing potentially. Yeah, for a while to kind of bridge it and try to try to stay as competitive as possible, and um, yeah, to continue to build their program. So, yeah, it's it's cool to see those guys are are taking a step and getting some guys to buy into their program and. Um, like you said, it's good that uh, local kids are, are into it as well. I think this is going to be an easy question if you'd answer, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, out of those four kids, which one of them has that that thing that could play at the next level, at the NHL level? Colin Jamison is the most talented of those four. Yeah. I mean, he's he's the youngest of the four as well. Um, yeah. yeah, he's he's got some dynamic you know, to his game, and I thought he had a really good elite league and um, for Team Wisconsin. And, um showed why he's, I mean, he was a national camp kid as well and showed why he's in that discussion. Good player. All right, let's move on. We, we You hinted at being at the IIT last weekend <laughs> over in New Hope. Uh, the red team, uh, red elite team, uh, wins it. And that's a good, that's actually a pretty good win for those guys because they didn't, they're not a team, 
right? Correct. They just formed. Yep. That's not easy, uh, but they are talented, and they beat a Penn's elite team in the championship who had just beaten Shattuck. So two real teams, and they they beat one, and and obviously Shattuck was it, no one would argue me on this one that they were the best team in the in the elite league. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the IAT is always an interesting tournament because they have the red uh, all-star team and the white all-star team, you know, typically play each other in the semifinal if they right. both take care of business in the first game. Um, and, yeah, usually the winner of that one plays Shattuck. Um, that Penn's elite team, for a U18 team, they were they were really good. Um, I don't know if they have a ton of super, super high-end talent, um, but they – play really hard they play together like a lot of five-man needed hockey um a lot of guys who are probably you know fringe ushl north american league players definitely some guys who are uh we'll get to this a little bit you know tender worthy yeah uh without a doubt you Um, mentioned one of the guys name what was his name uh carone carone or number 88 forward he made some plays he was a good player um he'd be a no-brainer north american league guy for me okay um, personally but um yeah they had a they had a good team their power play hit a couple times the red team was, I mean, just the end. I mean, they were just way more talented. Um, and the Penn's elite team hit on the power play a couple times and was getting some saves and found a way to keep it competitive in the championship. But um, the red squad just the dam was going to break at some point, right? And it and it did. So um, who was on that team? I, I know that Matsky um, and had six points. I think that Ty Nelson had six points. Were they both red guys? Yeah, yeah, Ty, Ty Hanson. Yep, had six points. Did I said Nelson. I said Hanson. Yep. Sorry, I got I got Danny on the brain for later <laughs> in the show. Sorry yeah. about that. No, Hanny had six assists. Maskey was was all over the sheet as well. Um, Gunner Landon Gunderson was on that team. Sam Renzel, uh, Leo wow. Gruba, who's That's on the a good team. Yeah, they were. Uh, I was talking to a couple dads. Definitely team all gas, no breaks. <laughs> so not afraid to get five guys up in the rush. Sounds like a Big Ten team, right? They were a Big Ten team. So, definitely a big uh, ten. Yeah, good squad. So let's run off. You you mentioned Landon Gunnerson, Trey Fetchko, Landon Gunnerson, uh, Max Nagel, uh, Adam Marshall, Harper Bentz were all the top five leading scorers in the league. Um, as as a whole, uh, wh- how would you rate the, this league compared to leagues past? Um, I would say the overall. I mean, there's always good players who play in the league. Yeah. Right. Um. I thought maybe there was a it was a little bit down just from a draft pick standpoint. Um, Correct. I would say Sam Renzel is he's going to very very likely be a draft pick. Other than that, the rest of the guys who are even on the central scouting list that play in the league are um, up in the air without right. a doubt. So it may be a little light on draft picks this year. Um, again, obviously very talented kids. I thought a lot of the guys that really thrived were some of the younger players in the league. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, always always good players, um, but I would say maybe a little bit down from some years past as a collective whole. I've always thought that the 22 class, this class, the uh, seniors, the seniors yep. has been one of the more down classes, and it's not because the 04s aren't strong. It's that the younger 03s, there isn't a very a ton of depth in the late 03s. The Brody Lambs and the, yep. you know, the Jackson Blakes. There's some there. There's some decent ones there, but, I, you know, usually it's the late, birth your kids who take over that those classes yep. you know like like a jimmy clark would be for the 23s next year there's so many good late 04s that make that 0405 class so solid correct and it's and it's hard too I mean, with the with the development team at the 04 level i mean that's a handful of guys that would potentially be playing in the league um right. there's a lot of kids who are playing junior hockey this fall whether they you know decide to stay or not right um and again obviously when you're skimming off the top it uh 
doesn't benefit the league, but it obviously gives other kids opportunities to get that exposure and maybe some younger kids to, you know, get in there and get those reps against better players as well. Again, if I had my vote and I don't run their league, I'd reduce the number of teams to make the league more polished. That's always been my take. Make the league better. Don't water it down. I don't disagree with your take on it. Thank you. We agree on something. If you listen to us before <laughs> the show, we don't agree on anything. Anything. All right, we talked about tenders. Uh, a few high school seniors have tendered with NA teams uh, starting November 1st. Walk through that process of tendering, and then we'll announce some of them. Because you were a, a, an AA coach, so you understand that process. Did the magicians dive in right away on November 1st, or did they kind of you know, let it simmer a little bit? Um. As far as I know, they have not tendered anybody. But when you were there, you know, it's a little bit different. Um, oh, when I did it? Yeah. Um, I would, so you get, what is it, I want to say 10 tenders. So I would try to get four, three or four. Right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. And guys that you knew, right? Get, well, guys who I knew or guys who I was really excited about. Um, or guys that you knew wouldn't be good enough to make the USHL. Would you want to waste one on that? Um. It was calculated, right? Yeah. I would maybe take one shot, you know, maybe go two that were a little safer. Right. Um, you know, maybe take one shot and see if you get a, hit a home run. Um, you know, and a little bit was is a little bit of a marketing play as well. Hey, he, these are the guys that we have coming in, and um, it helped us recruit other, other kids, kids. Other kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And it helped, um, you know, players are really good at recruiting other players. So if we could get the right couple guys in early um, – we got those guys on the recruiting trail helping us get other guys. That's so true. work That's smart, true. not hard. That's um, right. But the tendering process in general, it starts November 1st. Um, signing a tender with the North American League team has no bearing on the USHL. Um, you're still eligible for that league. Um, basically, all you're doing is you are signing your rights for the following season. So kids who are signing tenders right now, they are committing – um, if they are in the North American League, to be part of a certain organization for the 22-23 season. Yep, that's it. Um, and signing a tender, there is no guarantee of being on the roster. Even making the team, right? Making the team. Um, you see it every year where there's um, uh, guys who sign tenders who end up not making it. Um, I typically didn't run into that issue. I more went the other way where I like <laughs> lost all of our guys to the USHL, maybe overshot a little bit. Um so, yeah, is it tender, a bad look? Is it a bad look if you tender a kid and then cut him? I think so. I think it is too. I think it's a tough. It's a tough look, and and we've all we all make mistakes. Yeah, right. We all misevaluate players, and um, some kids. The one thing about junior hockey too is you really figure out how much you want to play hockey. Yeah, because it gets to be a long year and it's long days. Um, there's a lot of kids who kind of think they're into it, and then they get into that environment, and it's a little too much for them. Um, I mean, there's, there's kids who just pulled the plug who are yeah. tenders where they're just, this they're good, is they're athletic kids who are good hockey players, but it's just too much of a commitment for them. So, um, yeah, you'll start seeing those trickle out a little more and more. Some teams are better about, uh, putting them online and, um, uh, putting them on Instagram or Twitter and some don't put them out at all. Here's so. a few that jumped out at us. Uh, Adam Marshall to Bismarck. Bismarck, Nico does a really nice job of, you know, he's in the cabbage patch and he's coaching 16s for Blue Army and he's coaching at St. Thomas. Nobody knows the Minnesota kid better. I would agree. Yeah, Nico Nico does a really, really good job. Um, yeah, and I mean, Adam Marshall is a great tender in my opinion. Yeah. He's a oh, kid, yeah. competitive, can shoot the puck, has a history of scoring goals. Um, 
He's a late birthday kid. Yep. Um, I believe he got dropped from Sioux Falls, but I would imagine somebody will probably, if he has a good high school season, like a lot of people think he'll get he drafted. will, I would assume he'll get drafted, and we'll see if he's able to stick. Here's another uh, Benilde kid, uh, Brady Yakish, kind of a two-way defenseman. Yep. Uh, I remember him when he was playing for Delano back in squirts and peewees. Real good hockey player. Yeah. 100% been playing high school for a long time. Uh, he went to Chippewa Falls, I believe, he yeah. tendered with. Yep. So, um, yeah, another good tender for them. Find Leo- guys who can make plays with good IQ. This guy's really blossomed this year, even though he's been a YHH darling all his years uh, back in uh, the Como. Uh, what was that? Uh, Johnson, Como, yep. North St. Paul. They won a state title as a PBA. Leo okay. Gruba. Yeah, Leo Gruba back uh, 2017, I think it was, over in Blaine. Um, he signed with St. Cloud. He did, and uh, he's got a good elite league. I don't. Again, we're not allowed into the elite league, so I don't know. <laughs> I can only see, see. I can only tell you what I hear. Yeah, it's um. He's an interesting one. Uh, he's definitely taken a step. He's kind of starting to get on the radar a little more. Um, tender with St. Cloud. He's on the central scouting list. Yeah. Right. Um, more than likely going to. Uh, you know, if he has a good high school season, will be a USHL draft pick as well. Um. So yeah, he's a kid who's got a lot in front of him, and his uh, next 12 to 18 months could really take off uh, in any direction here. And then another kid is elite league star, uh, Hayden DeMarsh from Grand Rapids. He's done well. Big, strong kid, moves the puck well. I think Rapids will be decent. I don't think they're as strong as, as Andover in Section 7 AA. Yeah, I don't disagree. A lot of those Grand Rapids guys had uh, had good falls. Um on Team Kowalski. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Hayden DeMars actually played for the Wilderness uh, last weekend against the Magicians and actually had the game-winning goal up in Cloquet. Still His see- first game. Yeah. So, that's uh, that's always cool. Um, Jarrett Lee, who's actually at Duluth right now, um, came and played some affiliate games with us before he was on our team full year. Yeah. And actually did the same thing, had the game-winner as his first game. With uh, you guys? With us. So, that was, that was pretty cool. Is he at cool. Duluth now? Yes. Okay. All yes. Right. Yep. He uh, played in Northern, transferred to Duluth, um, and he's been playing really well here the last couple. Weeks I've always thought of him because as the poor man's Scotty Pranovich. <laughs> you know, the they, play, boys. they grew up in hitting together. They would work the power play together. Yeah, straight pond hockey players. No, Jarrett's a Jarrett's a good guy. Very creative. Um, cancer survivor. Cancer survivor. Yeah, it was. Uh, he started playing with us shortly after that, and it was pretty crazy. He. Uh, Jared's not the biggest guy, but he mm-hmm. was playing in the North American League at, I want to say, 155 pounds. Yeah. Um, but he was scrappy. He was good. He could make plays. He scored goals, got points. Did you have him at forward or D? Forward. Forward? Forward, yeah. He played center for us. All right. So, yeah, good kid. But um, what the – why aren't you allowed in the Elite League? We're going to a little bit. The, you'd have to ask the Elite League why I'm not allowed in the Elite yeah? League. We were uh, – a couple IITs ago, I was uh, bounced out of there. Literally asked to leave while in the building, uh, okay. while shooting photos of their product. Were you I, escorted out? No, it's some guys. <laughs> we don't need you here anymore, or whatever, something like that. So we just got tossed. I thought it'd be a good show, good little tidbit for the download. This is the download where we kind of air a little bit of laundry. So I figured I'd throw it out there. Okay, like, we don't. We're not allowed in. We uh, do get photographers that will go in there and shoot photos for us. So we do get kids in their elite league uniforms, preseason stuff. But uh, as a rule, Tony and Peter don't go to no. the elite league. And quite frankly, I've. I, we see these guys so much throughout the year, you know, whether it's through the USA programs or camps or other things. It's it's kind of a nice break, to be honest with you. Yeah. So 
Wanted to see what the beef was. Oh, no, there's no big beef. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Let's talk a little uh, recruiting news here. Uh, the ins and outs. We'll go a little national. We'll go a little local. Um, Joe Miller, who I think was on one of our first show, either show one or show two, we talked about his decommitment from Minnesota. Uh, basically not enough room for Bob and Garrett to guarantee them a spot, guarantee him a spot. So I think he wanted to – he pulled up stakes and found a spot at Harvard, which is not the worst – you know, alternative, you know. If you can get through it, it's a good spot. Yeah, yeah, it's not <laughs> a bad spot, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that happened. Uh, I got a tip on that last Friday night and said, hey, did you see that uh, Joe Miller's got an H next to his name on a Chicago Steel thing? So he plucked that one out on the internet. I was watching the Wisconsin game. God, check this out, scenario. I'm watching the Wisconsin-Minnesota game down at the U of M with my daughter and 19 of her closest friends at Sally's, and I'm trying to tweet out the Joe Miller you know, you know, screenshot of the Chicago stealing is what are you doing, Dad? I'm like, I got a hot one here. I got a hot one. I just just give me a minute. So that was where sometimes the uh craziest tweets come from the craziest locations. Yeah. You gotta pass the puck, have Peter do it. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah. Uh we saw uh speaking of Miller, there's another Miller and Trombley, the two Greenway kids are no longer have uh, St. Cloud State next to their name. They've been decommitted or have decommitted from uh, St. Cloud State. Uh, it's unfortunate, but they still got time. Uh, Miller's an 02. Tremblay's out of, I think he's an 02, isn't he? I think they're both, both 01s. Late 01s. I, I know Tremblay's a late 01. I believe they both Maybe are. Maybe Miller is too. So that's unfortunate. They don't have a lot of time uh, to get on that uh, D1 wagon here. Yeah. Um, and it's. Again, kind of a similar scenario we talked about the very first episode where it's kids who really took off and showed a lot of promise at uh, at the Bantam level. And um, for whatever reason, their development and progress has stagnated a little bit. Well, um, and on top of that, there's 97s playing college hockey, you know. Correct. 96s playing college hockey. Yeah, so there's a lot of variables and, um, again, both, both good players and still are – have an opportunity to play at the Division One level. Yep. Um, it's just but they got a very small window right now. Their window is got to get her going. Shrinking. Correct. Um, and then there's two national guys. Uh, Will Smith was a uh, he's an NTDP kid out of Boston. He was committed to Northeastern. Now he's got no logo next to his name, and he's arguably one of the best kids on that team. Correct. Um, and he may have been the first. Or second all five kid in the country to commit to a really? school. Really? Yeah, he did before the rule change. So that yeah, was, yeah, that was oh, a yeah. Long Tanner long. Adams, uh, Ryan Fine, I Ryan think was Fine, right there Tanner too. Adams, those two. Um, yeah, Will Smith. Uh, he's a center for the development team. I think he's as talented as any kid in the country in that age group. Um, I thought Northeastern was a good spot for him. We'll see where yeah. he ends up. Uh, whether it's. Michigan or a BC or BU. You wouldn't uh, be surprised if it's any of those three, would you? I would not be shocked. What about um, UMass? Or the doesn't, UMass. Doesn't really fit the UMass mold, though, does he? The new mass. The new mass. They new are mass. good. Yeah. They are the defending national champions. They so. are. Yeah, I mean, Carvel does a really good job. I mean, he actually does play how – I mean, they are they like to skate. Um, they play up-tempo. They skate. Uh, they do make their guys work and um, defend and play both ends of the ice. Uh, so yeah, UMass would potentially be a fit. Um, but yeah, a lot of moving pieces there, but yeah, Carvel would be, 
I think that'd be a great landing spot. How for funny would it be if a kid like that ended up in one of the six or seven local schools here, Minnesota, North Dakota, Wisconsin, you know, our, our backyard. That ever happen? If he wants to come here, they'll never take him. Never see it. Never see it, do you? Ever. You never see Massachusetts, New England kids in the in the, in the uh, six or seven schools around us. Not very often. Not very often. Uh, okay, uh, and then still no Oliver Moore. Oliver, are you out there? He's not <laughs> committed yet. You basically just said he might wait it all the way out to his senior year in high school. He's a junior right now. He may. He may. Um, guys, guys do that. If anybody can help me solve the Oliver Moore riddle, uh, send me an email at youthhockeyhub at gmail.com because I can't figure it out. Because he's arguably one of the best. He's easily the best Minnesota 2023 that's not committed. I would agree with that. Yep. So. And then uh, Tyler Duke, who's on the yep. O4 development oh, yeah, team yeah. as well. Oh, yeah, that one. Um, he uh, he used to a, have a Notre Dame He was sticker. a Notre Dame commit, and uh, he will be going to Ohio State. And, and his brother goes to Michigan. His brother goes to Michigan. So wow. they're, they're from Ohio originally. That'll be a good uh, little you know rivalry as long as they're both playing. Yeah. Mom and dad will have to have the separate jerseys, the sewn jersey, that 100%. kind of thing. That'll be the deal. Yep. All right. Uh, this weekend, switching gears a little bit. This weekend, we have the Blue Ox, which I believe you are coming to. I will be there checking it out. Going to watch some Bantam hockey. You're going from going from uh, high school hockey and college hockey to Bantam hockey. That's kind of like me going from peewee hockey up to Bantam hockey. It's all over the place. That's why we're nerds, right? Hundred um, percent. Let's. I got. I literally just. I pulled out the program, slapped it on the desk, said, "All right, let's name a let's name a kid from four or five of these teams that we like and and teams that we think will be in the thick of things come Final Four time on Saturday night." Yeah, I got to think about it. Yeah, Saturday night, I got to think about how the brackets work. So quarterfinals will be Saturday morning. Semifinals will be Saturday night. I think these teams will be right in the thick of it. Shakopee's got a pile of talent. Uh, Cooper Simpson's a star. Um, any other players on that team that, that stick out to you on the Shock? Have you seen Shakopee play this year? Yeah, you've seen them a couple times. Yeah, uh, Steinhoff. You went and saw him play out in Stillwater that night, yeah. didn't you? Steinhoff, yes. the D-man's a good player. Yep. Uh, Baumgartner's obviously talented. Those are two first years. Um, they might all be headed to the varsity. Yeah, they have a they have a good team. They have a good little team. They those guys play varsity and make a make an impact for Shakopee. You think all all of them? All three of those kids? Um, I don't think all three are ready. Okay. Personally. All right. Good. Good deal. Uh, here's a kid I think could play some Varsiaki anywhere except Moorhead would be Sam Lorela. I think he's got the body. He's got the game uh, for Moorhead. Uh, any other Moorhead kids that jump out at you? That uh, There's so many good. That's That'd be one of the best teams in the state this year. Yeah, Kraft. Kraft's, Mason Kraft's yep. a nice player. He's a good player. There's got to be a Cullen in there yeah, somewhere. Brooks Cullen is in there. Probably two. Yeah, just one. Just one on just this one? one. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Two at the peewee level. Lindbergh? Lindbergh's good. Great defenseman. Um, they got a nice team. They got a new move-in from Fargo, uh, Zach Zimmerman. I just saw that on the roster. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. This kid's from Fargo. And he is one of the best second-year peewees last year, so he'll be a first-year, made the team. That's a good, what would you call it? Can you call it a pickup for a Bantam pickup? That's good pickup. For, free agency. For, that's a great free agency pickup by the Spuds. Hats off to them for getting Zach Zimmerman. I normally don't like all that moving and shucking and jiving, but if you're – Going to move away from 
from Fargo Hockey. You represent a really good Fargo player, right? If you're going to move away, Spuds Land is not a bad place to drop. It's not a bad spot to land. Uh, this was one of your picks. You coached Parker once before, Rogers, Parker, DeShane. We'll talk a little bit about what you're going to see with him this weekend. Yeah, uh, very creative, offensive player for sure. Um, can skate like the wind. Um Likes to play on the edge a little bit too. Yes. Not afraid. Not afraid to take a penalty, which I I always appreciate and like. Um, but yeah, definitely a definitely a shooter, a dynamic uh, offensive guy. Oh, uh, it's my turn. I'll go Wyzetta, Cam Kirshner. Um, here's a kid. He played in their Bantam Elite League last year. Plays, like you said, on the edge. I've seen him play a couple times already this year. Um, I like what he brings. I think Wyzetta. When it's all said and done, they're going to be back in the state tournament in Bidette this year. Are you going to go to Bidette, Minnesota this year for the Bantam AA state tournament? I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing next week. Oh, that's right. You live in the present. I live in the you? present, day to day. <laughs> Again, not my choice. Just how I'm working I'm right trying now. to decide if I'll be in Bidette or not. They have enough hotel rooms up there for everybody? I got a spot at Izzy's over in, okay. in Warro, so I'll, I'll be good there. But my goodness, that is a long drive for a it's a, and it's a three-team, you know, it's a three-game tournament. So it's not like you're getting a lot of games in. It's like, wow, I just have four games. I can't get these Grand Forks. I can't get anywhere. I'm going to be on Whoever's going to Bidette and East Grand Forks for the Bantam A and AA, they're on an island, basically. Yeah, we'll see who's see who's playing. It'll be good. Those will be some good teams. Uh, last, Grand Forks always does well in the Blue Ox. They got a kid that we both, like, literally, we looked at the roster and we both said, Ryder McDonald. He was good last year for the the aviators this year i think he'll be one of the best players in the tournament this is one of the reasons it excites me about coming to this tournament is we get to see some of the the west fargo's got a nice group of kids uh, uh grand forks moorhead we get to see those guys it's fun that's what's fun about this tournament what do you what do you know about Ryder? um he's a good player um really again my biggest i always appreciate hockey sense if you can't tell yeah. by <laughs> yeah my reports on kids but um i just he can move the puck. He plays with his head up, makes plays, others around him better, um, has some scoring touch, um, does a really good job of getting the puck back. Um, again, kind of usually he's usually kind of F1 guy, but he's just, I don't know, he's on the puck a lot. He's yeah. just creating chaos, and when he's out there, things are happening for his team. That's a good That's a good analogy there. So we'll wrap the show up. we got a lot of news and notes here, some stuff that we can maybe go into a little deeper discussion because we're only at uh, 34 minutes. We've got about 10 minutes left on this bad boy. Uh, and there's four or five <laughs> topics on here that can really, you know, light the fire, yeah. if, for, for lack of a better term. Uh, the first one, this is more of a news. Uh, the two, the WHL will have its two. 2007 draft lottery uh, next week, which means the team's, you know, names go in the hat. Is this based on their standings from last season or would it be from two seasons ago? Um, the draft lottery is straight random. It's straight random. Straight random. So you don't get more ping pong balls if you finished in last place? Nope. Really? That's kind of cool. Yep. Are they, did they do that already for the 06s as well? They did. So Spokane has the first pick. No uh, way. And there's a lot. That our boy George, George Ross, George Ross. And there's a lot of chatter about uh, Berkeley Catton, who's a yeah. Western Canadian kid, played at Chattuck right now. Yeah, uh, being the first selection in so. the overall draft, in the not overall the U.S. Draft. exhibition. What do you call it? They call the that U.S. Draft. 
in the U.S. Uh, supplemental draft, draft whatever, or something yeah. like that. That's that. that we, we could explain that really quick. There's the U.S. players get drafted the day before the, the all the players are, are eligible. Yeah, so the O5s were the first group that had it. They actually did it uh, months apart. So they did the, yeah, the U.S. Like draft in March. in March, and then they did the early May. The other one in early May. Um, they do a two-round draft. It's a snake draft. Yep. Um, it's just American American kids. Grayson Sachin, who played at he Chas- was number one at Chasco, was the first pick to Red Deer. Yep. Um, with COVID and obviously Hockey Canada not playing a ton last year, um, they pushed the 06 draft back. Um, the 06s will be selected here in December. Yep. Um, which I'm sure we will discuss at some point. Yes, um, we will. And then there was chatter within the league about the 07s potentially getting pushed back to December 2022. Um, but the league ended up going away from that, and they will be having the draft in the spring. Yeah, I knew that. Um, and then we, there will be a we'll, – we'll do a little segment, a little uh, box, a pull-up box, and on that uh, all the American kids, all our Minnesota kids that yep. we think that could get drafted or might take that – go to that, that route, you know. Um, we put a survey out uh, recently to 2006 birthday kids, 75 kids through, that were given to us by the league. Uh, we got 42 surveys back out of those 75, which I was pretty impressed. Not by us, I just that, that we got that much interest. I wouldn't say they're interested in the league, but they they responded back and, and gave us their interest. We'll we'll expound on no one specific interest, but we'll talk about players we think we might fit that bill for the Western League. Yep. Um, this one's we got two bad ones, and then we'll end on a high note. Uh, let's let's first talk about uh, the students at a game in Pittsburgh for a high school like like almost like a club team or club. It doesn't matter, right? Uh, are chanting obscenities to a female goaltender? Those students now, all students, maybe all students from that school or all schools. Uh, I believe just their school. Banned forever, or banned for at least till they graduate high school. Uh, the the obscenities were like they weren't just you know, hey, you're fat or something. I mean, this stuff was this was beyond uh, obscene, if you ask me. And what really drove me as a as a parent of boys and girls is nobody went over and said anything to these people. Yeah, did you see, do you know what I'm saying? I gotta understand what happened here because parents were at the game yeah the whole thing i mean it's just terrible right (laughs) and it's kind of a i I, again i don't even know what you really say it's just like how does it like how do things like that even start right that's what i'm trying to become a good idea yeah who thought that was a good idea um and obviously there's a lot of negativity around hockey right now yes um and so the timing of it's terrible terrible my um, wife said that to me last night. He goes, yeah, all the hockey people, this is all bad. It's all bad right now. And it's, and it's, there's just, there's a lot of good people and a lot of good things going on in our game. And it's just sad that um, people think that, like, even hockey or not, the fact that people think it's okay to say things like that to other people is crazy to me. Uh, it's, and well, it's just, it's terrible. And this is just, you know, one little game. But that that young woman, I mean, she could be scarred for life, you know. 100%. Yeah. <clears throat> just traumatized. Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's it's a bad deal and at the same time I'm glad at the school at least I mean, I hope there's even more supplemental punishment for those kids. I think um, so too. Cuz we need to get that out of just not hockey, but just out of sports, uh, sports and society and um it's not that hard to 
be a good person. So how about this? Uh, uh, Kyle Beach comes forward. I think everybody already knew it was Kyle Beach, but he was John Doe for the longest time. He comes forward with, in an interview uh, in the last week or so. Um, pretty sad uh, that he had to come forward, if you think about it. If, that, if, you, if you study the entire uh, Kyle Beach, uh, Brian Aldrich saga with the, the, the Blackhawks, that's it's awful that he had to actually come out and go public with what happened to him with Brian Aldrich and and to have that happen and have to go public and, and expose yourself of, of what happened it's awful and and the Blackhawks got to pay more than they're going to pay more than the two million dollar fine that they paid the league I I would think they're going to be in trouble for a long time yeah there that's an onion there right there's right? a lot there's a lot of layers to this one and. Um, I mean, you see Joel Quinville obviously resigning. Um, you know, Stan Bowman Had resigning. To resign, yep. um, and the fact that this guy came forward and asked for help and, and didn't get it got basically put on put on an island. Um, that's a tough one to swallow. Yeah. Um, as well, and yeah, just. The fact that that was ever even an that it option even happened. That was ever even an option is is crazy, and obviously the effect of um, you know Brian Aldrich, you know not getting in trouble and the whole deal with the high school student up in Houghton after the, the fact. To me, that's the worst part. That's the worst fallout of the whole yes. thing. That it actually then continued after he said something, and and then he was given a job someplace else, and he got his name on the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's a t- it's a horrible situation that nobody should ever have to go through. Um, and like I said, with the Pittsburgh thing, hopefully we're able to take these horrible events and everybody can take a step forward and make it better. Yeah, and buy in and treat people with respect. And um, when people reach out and ask for help, um, we're able to give it to them, or give at least them. give them the resources, or ask for other people for help, or. Get a um, point in the right direction. Yeah, continue to and, and to stay on it, right? I think what we're learning is um, just because there's that initial contact and maybe, you know, I did something, you know, that maybe not be enough. You know, we right. need to stay on it until these issues are, are rectified. So. Uh, last one. Uh, this one just popped up in the last 48, 72 hours. You and I have probably known longer than that, but Danny Nelson has been added to the roster of uh, Team USA's trip to Finland. Finland. They're in Finland. They're playing Finland right now as we speak, right? It was one-to-one or something like they that. They are. Um, what does that mean for, for Danny Nelson? Um, the ad is the development team has some interest. Obviously, they're playing an international event. Um, he's an interesting one because he was added as a defenseman. <laughs> he's playing And forward. now he's playing forward. I mean, he played forward um, during the Bantam season, and he has in the past. And then he played D and forward this fall in the Elite League. Um, Everybody has their take on whether he's a defenseman or a forward. That's for him to him to figure out. Ultimately, it's his decision. And I know he's hearing from some other people. Um, Sounds like he's kind of gone back and forth on that as well. Uh, But at the end, I mean, it's obviously a really cool opportunity for him. Um, to represent the country, play with the best kids in his age group, go overseas, go through that whole experience. He did really well um, in the August tournament. The Five Nations. With the Five Nations tournament. Um, 
but he's a valuable piece. They could use a little size at the 17 level to help with their lineup. Especially regardless. in the USHL, right? Yes. So he will be back um, to Maple Grove, I would assume. It is possible for him to play with the development team. USA Hockey can can do that. He has property of Green Bay, so Green Bay would potentially be able to loan him to the development team for an extended period of time. Jimmy Clark did that. Jimmy Clark did that last year. Sioux City loaned him. He ended up playing 8, 10, 12 games. At the end of the season. Yep. Yep. Um, but say he was to be a full-time uh, national team development program player, That'd such be a stretch, as right? Kiefer Bellows did that, was at Sioux Falls. A but he played one year in full, a complete year of Sioux Falls, and then he went. But he was his... still their property. Oh, so yeah. So that's, that's more yeah, what I'm referring yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Drew DeRitter um, <clears throat> was in Cedar Rapids, did the same thing. They actually have to negotiate a trade, um, which usually involves a large Some amount of money. money. <clears throat> yeah, I would think so. I would think so. And USA Hockey is trying to get away from those scenarios if possible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. Well, that, that opens up a lot of questions, you know. Does, is is he good enough to play there, uh, Danny, right away? Yes. And if he was, why didn't – was he offered a spot on on the team? He was not at the camp. evaluation camp. So um, they missed on him. Is that did. a fair statement? I would chalk that one up as a miss. Okay. All right. I just want to make um, sure that I'm like – and it's hard. And, and maybe he, played, he wasn't invited because his brother did. His brother turn him down, or his brother went to the his brother went to the camp. I don't believe he made the team. He didn't make the team. Correct. Um, it's hard. Like he played bantam hockey. That's right? true. It's it's hard. It's been done before. Brock Faber is the only one. Um, Jack Jensen got invited to the camp as a band. Correct, but make the team. To make the team. It's hard. Um, yep. And so it's it's that's a hard that's a hard evaluation for those guys. Um, definitely. In Is that part of the reason Drew Stewart got out of Bantam Hockey, you think? I think it was to give himself a better opportunity right. to make the I team think so. on top of a variety of other and What reasons. a weird time of for Drew – go back to Drew Stewart. What a weird time because now the state just pauses, Correct. right, and had that weird pause, a two-month pause, which seemed like two years. That pause seemed longer to me than the – than the three-month pause. I don't know why, because it, it was during the heart of the season, maybe. Yep. And then you come out of there, he's got to get eligible. He's got to be enrolled in school. That the June, t- January 22nd thing. You know, it's like, it was it was a really bad break for Drew Stewart, you know, where in hindsight, probably maybe just stays in Bantams with Minnetonka and goes to Benilde, and they probably would have won state in Bantams. That was the best team in the state, I thought, Minnetonka. Also go Jaska, but. Jaska was good, too. <laughs> they were good, um, yeah. But in. In defense of the guys at USA Hockey, with the 05 group, it was hard. There was no 15-slot camp, yep. um, which is a great opportunity for those guys to see an apples-to-apples comparison with kids all across the country. So there was none of that for them to evaluate. Um, a lot of teams had travel restrictions. So yep. there was teams on the East Coast who weren't able to play anybody outside of their state. home state. Yeah, I know. Um, and a lot of people, yeah, just didn't play. So it was... It was a hard evaluation. It was a hard evaluation year, and it's a unique group of kids from an evaluation standpoint. It is. All right, question. This is an important one, though. When you have a bunch of kids, and we've named a lot of them here today, you you, you know, William Whitelaw, Ryan Fine, Tanner Adams, Drew Stewart, all these kids are small, even even to the degree Oliver Moore. Danny Nelson is not small. No, not. 
Like, didn't they know his height and weight? Didn't they know his ability? Or is it just because he was a Bantam or they freaked out because he was a Bantam? I think... I'm just trying to get in the head of USA Hockey here. Yeah, I think it was... Um, I I will say this. I think Danny's taken a really big step in the last six months, eight months. Yeah. Um, I saw him play Bantam hockey. There were some inconsistencies there. Okay. And I think I think he was a little inconsistent from time to time during the fall at the Blades. Um, and that's where I think that's where he gets seen by those guys. And right? that's their that's their easiest evaluation is during that time period. Um. So yes, at the end of the day, should have he been at the camp 100%? Should have he made the team? I have no yeah. idea. That's for those guys to figure out. Um, but, yeah, the reason I think he wasn't at the camp was he was a little inconsistent. He's taken a good step. He's continued to grow step. and get stronger. Um, his game's taken a step, and uh, now he's getting a really cool opportunity because of it. Well, and then, you know, we'll just finish the show off here. His little brother Sammy is – Probably the best of them at this point. <laughs> I mean, the kid was unbelievable last weekend at at the pumpkin. It was he put he and his buddy White Kuznick just put on a show. It was you know some of these shorts, some of these short side high shelf shots that he had were like, this kid's twelve years old. You got to be kidding me. You know, fun to watch, fun to be a, a Nelson, right? Sign him up for the camp twenty twenty five or whatever it would be. <laughs> whatever it's gonna be, he'll be there. He was the MVP of our uh, now prospects camp last year, so no surprise that he was the MVP of the uh, the of the pumpkin. Uh, you were the MVP today. Thank you for uh, helping put together a great show. We, I think this was our best one. It's the best effort. Good to hear it. Glad you're excited about it. I'm excited uh, for Ben Wine. I'm Tony Scott. Thanks for tuning in to the Hockey Download.